Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. October from Bluesy Hair Metal. Were you a Cinderella fan back in the day? Uh, me and my buddy, the Ebb, loved it, yeah. We got the cassette tape. We rocked out to it, listened to it on 106.1 RDU. Fuck you, the drum. This isn't a bad song. This, this is, is one of the better of uh, songs from there. We get dogged on a lot, but I don't mind this song. They had a ballad that was a big hit, you know, a hair metal, hair metal ballad. The guy who's the lead singer is a guy named Tom Kiefer. And he's actually a really, like, really good musician. He writes all his own stuff. Oh, really? Plays, like, lead guitar and piano, and obviously you hear him singing there. And this is not going to surprise you. He's actually had voice issues. Ah, okay. But I don't think it was is the style because I actually think he was a like kind of a, a trained singer. So he's not like a lot of old metal guys that have blown their voices out. Just doing it in their garage and made it big. Bon Jovi discovered Philly. Really? Yeah, from Philadelphia. Learned something new every day. See about Cinderella. There you go. Uh, so. We've got a huge show today. John Feinstein on with us, bottom of the hour. So we got to hustle through these uh, first 30 minutes. Ben Byram over yonder there, producing today's show. Hey, Ben. Hey, man. And uh, we've got the ref, Philip Pilkington, in today. Decked out in his Panthers gear, I see. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Oh, come on. Sorry, the button slipped. Like a little comedy. All right, so uh, John Feinstein's got a new audio book out. We'll talk to him. Need to probably go ahead and work a break in. Uh, what's the big news today? But Des Bryant is maybe a little bit of big news. Yeah, he signed to the practice squad of the Ravens. Yeah. Is that going anywhere? Uh, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. They need receivers. Your boy Eli Apple. Released. Good riddance. No surprise there, Get right? Get out of there. Boy, they, were, they made a big deal when they signed him to Carolina. They did. They really did. Like, he was going to be huge for us, and he played two games. I didn't even know he played. Yeah. A.B. Officially signed. Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Bucks, right? Paid less than a million. Really? 750000 Does that surprise you that he that they signed him? No, not really. I mean, when we last saw A.B., it worked with Brady. He had a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Brady likes him. Antonio Brown there. Um, It's interesting, Antonio Brown and Des Bryant signed on the same day. It's weird. It's kind of strange. Two troubled receivers. And uh, we've got Coach Houston, our Pirate Report, coming up uh, next segment. So uh, we'll grab a break. So we could stay on track and stay ahead of things here because we got a lot of audio. And then we'll have a little John Feinstein uh, interview, like we said, bottom of the hour. John's scheduled to, scheduled to join us and going to give us as much time as we need in that last half hour. So a break. We'll come back. 
Patrick Johnson Show on this Tuesday. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. We want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Football without fans? No problem. We've got your 50-yard line seat for Pirate football all season long here on 94.3 The Game. The latest info and podcast of The Patrick Johnson Show right here online at 94.3thegame.com. And keep up with the game and your list of favorite 94.3 The Game personalities on social media at 94.3 The Game on Twitter and like us on Facebook. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800 296 1495. 800 296 1495. Chance of uh, fog after a mostly cloudy night. Low of uh, 54. Now, now 55. Ooh. Uh, patchy fog to start the day tomorrow. Uh, it'll burn off high of 76 with a uh, mostly sunny sky. Thursday, uh, looking at a 60% chance of rain, a high of 80 degrees. Uh, maybe a, a 20 to 40% chance it rained Friday early on, but things apparently get out of here with uh, Zeta. Passing by pretty quickly, about 70 degrees. And then, uh, depending on who you believe, it could be anywhere from the upper 50s to the low 60s on Saturday. We, of course, uh, are at 73 degrees fair skies right now. Perfect day. Really lovely day today. It is the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. John Feinstein, best-selling author, coming up bottom of the hour. Let's hear uh, from Coach Mike Houston who joined us yesterday. Usually Coach joins us on Tuesdays, but because of uh, what's going on with the game being played Friday, everything has moved up a uh, day. So uh, Coach was with us on Monday, along with Jim Zoki. Always check out the podcast of that one by going to 943thegame.com. Hey, don't forget our Pirate Game Day countdown will be uh, on the air Friday. Uh, it's uh, three hours of fun, actually, on Friday. Five to six, Patrick Johnson show here on 94.3 The Game. And then from six to eight, your Pirate Game Day countdown as Terrence Copper and I get you ready for ECU against a very uh, tough Tulsa team. Uh, that's all coming your way Friday right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Let us uh, hit a break. 
or actually hit our pirate report. I'm sorry. And uh, Ben looked at me like, what? Uh, let's uh, hit the pirate report sounder here, Ben, and uh, we'll jump into some of these great comments. Here we go. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Mike Houston giving his uh, thoughts on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Exciting matchup this week. Uh, you know, Tulsa, got a, we all got a chance to see him Friday night uh, against South Florida. Uh, it was enjoyable to sit and watch the game, but uh, still uh, take away the same things I expected uh, going into that game. And that's, you know, we're, we're facing one of the better teams, uh, if not uh, possibly the best team on our schedule. Uh, I think just a very solid team from top to bottom. Uh, they're strong in all three phases. Uh, most of the guys are the, the group that played against us last year. You know, it's a team that is made up of fourth and fifth year players that have been in the program for multiple years, uh, very experienced, very big, very athletic, uh, good football team. So uh, going to be a great matchup for us. Um, you know, Excited coming off the bye, uh, able to get some uh, get some guys some rest and uh, you know get a head start on Tulsa with it being a Friday night game. So uh, you know for us in the program today's Tuesday, uh, for everybody else in the world today's Monday. But uh, we started practice on uh, Saturday for the for the game that's coming Friday. So uh, it's going to be a quick week. Uh, the kids will be excited to, to kick off Friday night and get another chance to play on the national stage. Uh, it should be an exciting exciting matchup for us. Coach was asked, is there enough film on Tulsa? No, with the time that we had, I mean, we've looked at, we've looked at most of their games from last year and just really trying to find, you know, some, some different teams, you know, how they, you know, how how they executed on either side of the ball against this team or that team based on, you know, what scheme they were seeing. Uh, So we've looked at a good bit of film from last year coming into this game. And Mike Houston says he'll be keeping an eye on Tulsa linebacker Zayvon Collins. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's one of the best linebackers in our league, and 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 probably a guy that you're going to see playing on Sunday. Uh, you know, just from the from the game at the end of the season last year, I, I thought he was just a quality player then. But uh, I think he's improved uh, over the off season. Big, can run. You know, he had the 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 return interception return for a touchdown there Friday night. Uh, he's just a very active player. Really plays downhill. You've seen. When he triggers, he triggers very fast on the run and really gets downhill quickly. So uh, we're going to have to do a good job of uh, of trying to take care of him Friday night. And uh, what the travel schedule will be like for ECU heading out to Tulsa for this Friday night game? Ben is queuing up. Oh, here uh, we go. We're not leaving uh, Greenville until probably about 2 o'clock. Eat, eat dinner just a touch later uh, Thursday evening. Uh, get to bed just a touch later Thursday night, and just really let them sleep in Friday morning. Uh, trying to make sure that we're we're, we're well rested uh, for the night game. So very similar day on Friday to our Saturday down in South Florida. Yeah, it'll be another one of those deals. It's, it won't be rushed like Georgia State. I mean, it's you get in uh, a little later, as Coach said, to kind of adjust that on your schedule. Sleep in a little bit. And then eight local time on uh, Fridays when you'll play. So uh, nine o'clock on the east. Late night for ECU out at uh, Tulsa. Uh, let's see. Just looking up and down this roster here, and with the time we have, uh, let's do 
do the COVID testing cut here, Ben. This is a, a shortcut, but uh, Mike was asked about the COVID testing before the Tulsa game. So we tested today. We will test again tomorrow, and then we'll test Thursday morning. So, so we'll test three times this week. So those of you scoring at home, this was from his Monday press conference. So they tested Monday. They'll test Tuesday. And then uh, we'll have the uh, test before departing into the week. Uh, players released from quarantine. Cut five. Uh, we got most of them back. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be without a, a few guys this Friday, but uh, uh, we're getting a lot of them back from quarantine and isolation, and we're getting uh, we're getting some of our guys that have been nicked up a little bit, getting a few more of those guys back as well. So um, it's certainly good to have Holton back at practice. Uh, he practiced well on Saturday, uh, looked very sharp, and so uh, you know, expecting expecting to have a great week with him as far as preparation goes. All right, and the Pirates, in order to have success, got to take care of the football. Well, I think it's the name of the game every week. Uh, and certainly, you know, we've seen just Tulsa's defense is really outstanding again this year. Uh, you know, the 16 to 7 uh, game against Oklahoma State in the opener, very impressive defensive performance there. Uh, and of course, you know, wins their last two games against uh, UCF and USF. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we got to do a great job with ball security. We've got to do a great job with execution. All right, we'll come back to some of this if time allows here, because, again, we, we want to get on time to Feinstein here. Um, but John Gilbert last night was on the Mike Houston radio show. Uh, coach was practicing, so uh, they had some different guests. John Gilbert was one of them. Heard that here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, the first question, uh, and it really covers a couple of answers, uh, is it worth playing the whole thing, or do we need to divide it up, you think? What's he saying, Ben? Okay. Basically, it's the possibility and and still having a conversation about playing against Marshall. So this would be on our vast soundbite roster, cut 15 and 16. Play him back-to-back here, Ben. And uh, this was John Gilbert last night here on 94.3, the game on the radio show for Coach Houston talking about the possibility of playing the Thundering Herd. Well, I think we have the potential to see another game, and and that really depends on a multitude of factors. We continue to have conversations with Marshall. Uh, They had their game, uh, their conference championship game pushed back. The AAC conference championship game is pushed back. And and so unless we miss another game, uh, you know, we could have the potential for Marshall on December the 5th. Now, again, there are a lot of factors that would determine that, but we're open to looking at that depending on the factors. And then, obviously, if if we had a game uh, between now and then, a league game that had to get canceled because of COVID, and it was a game that would help determine the standings, we might have to play the game on that date as well. Well, it really would, and obviously the significance of the game being the 50th anniversary uh, we're both still interested in it, but it really is a conversation. Uh, you know, we had last week with them of let's continue to see how this plays out. So uh, we're still interested in playing the game. Uh, it's going to depend on a multitude of factors on, on both sides for both schools. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. All right, it was John Gilbert last night on the uh, Mike Houston radio show. John was also asked about fans, and then Coach Houston talked about the impact of fans uh, in the press conference yesterday. So let's start with Coach Houston there, and then uh, 
we'll go to the Gilbert cut about uh, fans, but let's start with Mike Houston about the impact of fans being, I guess, in the stands on the game. I don't know what the situation is at Tulsa, uh, and I'm, I know they, they're going to have fans. I don't know what their capacity is going to be. But, uh, you know, certainly the more fans there, the better the atmosphere. You saw that with our Navy game. Uh, we had 3,500 fans, uh, and I thought it was a significant, uh, you know, improvement on the game day atmosphere from the UCF game. I thought the, the stadium had great energy from that small group, uh, you know, last Saturday a week ago. So, you know, it's, 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 it's the same at every school, you know, your fan base, you know, they, they really make the game day atmosphere. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's important to every, every institution. And then uh, this was John Gilbert talking about fans at games. Well, we were able to have 7%. So we had 3,500 uh, fans in attendance. And obviously anytime you can get people in uh, uh, one of your games, it's a good thing. I thought they went very well. It's one of those things, much like you see out in general public, you know, we're obligated to follow state mandates with wearing a mask, social distancing, social distancing, et cetera. And, you know, quite a few people would adhere to that. Other people needed a reminder of, hey, per the guidelines, you really do need to wear your mask. And so I was really glad to have fans in the stadium. Uh, but but we still are in a, a, a state where, you know, we're having to, you know, wear masks and do, do all those necessary things uh, as it relates to the state COVID guidelines. Right. Uh, so there you go. Here's what's – now, is it – we're in the second week of the three weeks that Governor Wimpy extended uh, phase, whatever we're in, which limits outdoors in a 50,000-seat stadium to 7%, Right. Am I wrong? Seven percent. I remember that number. But we're in the midst of that extension, correct? (laughs) Which is going to go past election day. Now, I I don't foresee him making any kind of announcement before Tuesday, or even you know after. Maybe after. I don't know, Uh, because that could certainly have an impact on the ECU game against Tulane, which is. The Saturday after the election, because I it goes out Friday at five. That Friday before the sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So unless he makes some sort of announcement this week, which I can't imagine he would, because of uh, campaign going on in its final week before, because we're a week away from election day. This guy just loves to make everything difficult. What has he got against sports? He's a big sports fan, as you know. Oh yeah, and. My so eye- you're looking at a big sports fan right here. I love sports. I wonder if he will. I, I really do. I kind of wonder if he'll make an announcement next week. After the election. I, I, I don't know. But at some point you have to make an announcement because I don't think it goes past 5 o'clock on a uh, week from Friday on the 6th because it was extended three weeks. So, I mean, I, I have no idea what you would what's going to happen there or what they're going to do. Boy, that is interesting, though, isn't it? It will be very interesting to see what uh, if anything's done this week. Go and vote, please vote. <laughs> I mean, that unfortunately for the time frame we're talking, that won't change anything. I I do believe after election day, things are going to get more restrictive. It's just my opinion, knowledge based on 
serious analytical skills. That, that's just my gut feeling that that could be the case, and that might end up what's happening. Uh, let's see here. Uh, ben Byram is standing by. Uh, we got Feinstein at the bottom of the hour. We want to be able to hit uh, that there. Uh, again, don't forget our uh, Pirate Game Day countdown is coming your way uh, Friday following uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. So we'll be here at 5 o'clock at our normal, get you to the weekend slot, and then uh, Game Day countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive uh, coming your way. Uh, Friday evening, six to late. So we got a lot, uh, lot the rest of the week going on here. Feinstein today, and uh, I'm told Seth Manis, former uh, ECU star, a uh, Pirate baseball alum, pitched in the big leagues, pitched in a World Series with the Cardinals. Going to be with us tomorrow. Uh, we've got Game Six tonight between Tampa Bay and Los Angeles, and other happenings. A lot of moves made in the NFL. Local coaching uh, move made as well. Uh, ben Byron with an update, then John Feinstein on the Patrick Johnson Show after Ben updates you on what's going on right now. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Byron here for your 94th Theater Game Sports Update. We kick things off at the AAC as they reschedule two conference games. Tulane at Tulsa, originally scheduled for Saturday, November 21st, will now be played Thursday, November 19th. And Memphis at Tulane, scheduled for Friday, November 27th, will now be moved a day back to Saturday, November 28th. Southern Miss interim coach Scotty Walden has accepted an offer to be the new head coach of the Austin Pay Governors. Supported that the Memphis defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre was offered the job, but decided to remain with the Tigers. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence has hinted at the fact that he will stay another year at Clemson and avoid the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Penn State running back Noah Kane has been ruled out for the season with a leg injury. The details of the injury have not been disclosed. We have some local high school football news. Playoff fixture Southwest Edgecombe head coach Jonathan Cobb has resigned from his head coaching duties. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers have star running back Christian McCaffrey designated to return from IR. McCaffrey is currently practicing with the team, but most is involved in non-contact drills. Many NFL insiders are reported that CMC is still a long shot playing the Panthers Thursday night football matchup against the Falcons. Meanwhile, following the release of Seth Roberts, the Panthers are continuing to make moves, releasing cornerback Eli Apple. The former first-round pick only appeared in two games for the Panthers. Elsewhere in the league, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially signed Antonio Brown for chump change. Brown signed a one-year deal worth $750,000. Brown is expected to suit up for the Buccaneers next game this Sunday. Brown's contract could be worth up to $2.5 million in incentives. He's expected to get a good amount of targets. His wide receiver Chris Godwin is not expected to play due to a broken finger that he is having surgery on this week. Meanwhile, fellow former All-Pro receiver Des Bryant is officially signed to the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, and the Washington football team deals with a huge blow on their defense as former Pro Bowl safety Landon Collins will receive Achilles surgery. It's unclear whether this will sideline him the rest of the season. Tonight's the go big or go home for the Rays as Game 6 of the World Series will begin at 8.08. The Dodgers currently lead the series three games to two. The current pitching matchup has Blake Snell starting for the Rays and Tony Gonzalez starting for the Dodgers. Current injury report is pretty lopsided as the Dodgers will be without, of course, pitcher David Price, who opted out of the season, outfielder Cody Thomas, and outfielder Zach Rex. And we wrap it up, hoping to see a NASCAR finish tonight with their playoff race at Texas Motor Speedway. After two weather delays, there's no update whether that race will start, but so far it's not looking good as weather conditions for today and tomorrow are very similar to the previous two days. The race is currently held up on its 52nd lap. 
out of 334. The current leaders, Clint Boyer, followed by Jimmy Johnson in second and Eric Jones in third. If you're 94th in the game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. The anonymous text line tells us that it was extended to 13. A real journalist actually found that out. All right, all right. Yeah. So thank you to the anonymous text line. Awesome, awesome. For, uh, for telling us it was expanded to the 13th. So the P-Man on the scene. I have to do anything. All right, uh, a timeout. We come back. John Jr. Feinstein, best-selling author, will join us. Got a new uh, audio book out to tell you about and a lot more. Stay tuned. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Our new website, 943thegame.com. You can uh, get the podcast and show on there. We don't chop up the best stuff because it would be like maybe 45 seconds. Although what we're about uh, to, to do here would, would certainly qualify as the best stuff podcast we just air the whole thing the bad notes and all we play them so we uh we put them on uh so go and check that out every day after the program here uh patrick johnson show podcast uh, a great friend a guy who's been very good to us uh, over the years is john feinstein and he's back on uh, with us here on the patrick johnson show john has a new book out it's an audio book the friends i've made and uh, i'll let john kind of describe it because i don't want to misclassify uh, exactly what it is, because I think a lot of people have these, you know, preconceived notions when they know the subject matter and that it's an audio book. Uh, lots to talk about there, and more as we welcome John Feinstein in. John, great to hear your voice again uh, here on the program. Patrick, it's good to be with you, and uh, you're right about the audio book um, because it's something I've never done before. Uh, it- it's it's unique in my lifetime. Yeah. So when people hear an audio book, it's the author or at someone with a great voice reading said book. And then they hear... Or an author with a great voice. Well, one of the two or, or <laughs> one of the three, yeah. And uh, But but this is... The subject this matter of this is a little different, but it's not a Q&A necessarily. No, not at all. Um, what, uh, what it is is five interviews with people I have known for many years and who I have what I would call professionally intimate relationships with people I've been behind the scenes with people who I think trust me. And that's why they were willing to do this. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo, Steve Kerr, Mary Carrillo, David Faraday. Uh, again, all people I've been close to and each has roughly an hour on on the on the audiobook which you can get right now at Amazon by the way and uh what I did with each one is I I did about a 15 minute introduction explaining who they are most people know but how I got to know them and how my relationship with each of them evolved uh and then I interviewed each of them for 35 40 minutes I I wouldn't even call it an interview it's more like a conversation mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, these are people I, I've known well. Uh, and then after that was over, I would do an, a wrap-up epilogue, kind of, on each one based on the interview. Uh, Faraday, uh, for example, uh, when I in- introduced him, I said, Now, David, I'm going to give you the chance, because I don't want to ruin your reputation, mm-hmm. to tell people, I, I tell people that we're dear friends, but if you'd like to deny that, before we start, please go right ahead. And David said, who is this again? <laughs> right. 
and the then we went wit. the Faraday wit. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why Faraday uh, is such a great interview or conversationalist. And you know Mike Shashevsky. You know how smart he is. You know Tom Izzo. You know how smart he is. And Mary Carillo uh, it was someone who uh, was a, she was the first woman to ever do men's tennis on mm-hmm. television. It she is, was a very good player herself. Sorry, fantastic Patrick. on the air. Fantastic. She's great. Oh, She's fantastic. absolutely great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she grew up with John McEnroe. So she has stories about John McEnroe, who she won the mixed doubles title in the French Open with in 1977. By the way, Mary was a very good player herself. Um, but she has great stories about John McEnroe dating back to their childhood. Uh, and, of course, Steve Kerr is somebody I've known since he was in college at Arizona. And uh, we didn't talk a whole lot of basketball. Um, Steve won five rings as a player, played mm-hmm. on the Jordan Bulls teams, obviously, and on David Robinson's Spurs teams, and hit the winning shot to clinch the NBA title in 1997. But we talked more about his life, which has been fascinating. Yeah. I mean, he grew up. Uh, part of the time in Lebanon, uh, he tells stories about a, 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 an absolutely terrifying trip to get out of Lebanon at one point when Beirut was being bombed. Uh, and uh, she, he also, uh, as people probably, most, some people know this, some people don't, his father was president of the American University in Beirut. That's mm-hmm. why he lived in Beirut mm-hmm. part of the time. His father was assassinated when he was a freshman in right. Arizona yeah. by the PLO. Uh, which is one reason why Steve's feelings about guns are as strong as they are. But he also um, talked very emotionally about his dad and his dad's influence on his life. It was his dad when Lute Olson first approached Steve about possibly going to Arizona. Lute was just arriving out there and saw Steve play in a summer league he was in L.A. He was actually looking at juniors. Steve was a senior. He graduated, hadn't had a, an offer from a major school, and Lute Olson approached Steve and said, hey, would you be interested in going to Arizona? Yeah, absolutely I would. Never heard back. And finally, Steve's dad, Malcolm, <laughs> uh-huh. picked up the phone, called Lute Olson and said, do you want my son or not? Yeah. And Lute said, oh, well, we thought he was going to Cal State Fullerton because he had been offered by then. No, he wants to go to Arizona. So as a result, Steve went to Arizona, and you know the rest of that story. Yeah. Uh, the book, John Feinstein, The Friends I've Made, Amazon.com, it is uh... – an audio book and uh, kind of a conversation with the five subjects that uh, John has, has talked about there. Now, knowing you, John, and being, I, I would think, uh, we're friends. I, I would say that. I, I feel comfortable enough saying that and are, are uh, getting to know one another better over the years. Uh, but I, I'm sure you have more than just those five friends and me. So is this, is this, <laughs> is this something that uh, lends itself, obviously, it's, if it's successful, to maybe this is what, the, the, the next, you know, sort of actor or, or the next John Feinstein direction, I guess. Well, it, it, it could certainly be something I would do again, depending on how this does and how, it, how you know, many people download it and like it. Uh, if it's successful, yeah, I would think we'd go back because, as you said, uh, there are plenty of other people who I've known through the years in, in sports, John McEnroe being one of them, who I think would be very good subjects for this sort of thing. And right. I actually had a list of about 20 guys, 20 people uh, that I drew up, and, and then I called it down to, to these five. So if we decided that there was a reason to do it again, which I'd love to because it was fun, uh, we'd just go back to the list. 
you you put two college basketball coaches on there, and granted, two of the all time greats, Shashevsky and, and Izzo. Is there any thought to going, you know, and maybe putting a football guy on the list or, or well, sure? I, I I mean, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think there are there are football guys. I haven't known as many college football coaches as you know, Patrick, because right. so so much of my focus has been on um, on basketball. Um, so, uh, but there are certainly football guys who who I would well, I just uh, think, enjoy you know, doing with. Jim Harbaugh yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody I know fairly well. John Harbaugh comes to mind. Somebody I, I know fairly well. I know both the Harbaugh brothers uh, well. Um, I'm sure Nick Saban would be great. But I just don't know Nick Saban that well. Sure. Well, no, uh, the reason I, I the reason I say is, you know, just was there any trepidation, you know, when putting this together that you, all right, we have three basketball guys or two college basketball coaches, or is right. that, that really not anything that you really you just? No, I was just thinking of who are the five spot. best guys to talk to. Yeah. Five best people. Mary is 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 female. Yeah. Um, who 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 will understand what I'm trying to do? Who will give me good, honest answers? Who will feel comfortable doing this? I think, you know, if I have any strengths as a reporter, I think I have two basic strengths. One, I know a story when I see one. I think I've been good at that through the years. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm good at building up trust with people. And I think when you do books, you have an advantage there uh, because you have, you know, know, you're not always interviewing guys on deadline. And also, I've been doing this for about 100 years. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I think Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo, Mary Carrillo, Steve Kerr, David Faraday all trust me. And that's why they were willing to do this. And I think there are, you know, if I wanted to go back, I think Rory McIlroy would do it. I think right. John McEnroe would do it. I, I, I think, uh, I think the, one, either of the Harbaugh brothers would do it. Um, and there, there are others. I don't have a list in front of me. Otherwise, yeah. I'd just give it to you. Right. Well, here's to that. Um, being a reality. I, I hope this is successful. Was this, what was the setting for all of these? Are you in their, um, are you in their interesting offices? Interesting you ask, yeah. because we did the interviews right smack in the, well, we're still smack in the middle of COVID, uh, but we did them this summer. Um, and Bob Snyder, who owns the company that put all this together, uh, knew, knew a local, uh, a guy who owns a restaurant in Bethesda. And the restaurant had reopened, uh, in the evenings, uh, but was not open in the mornings. So I went in there five straight mornings, and we got hooked up with each of the five guys and uh, did the interviews, and I did the prologues and epilogues. And uh, the last day uh, we recorded was my birthday, mm-hmm. July 28th, and um, Steve Kerr signed off by saying he hoped that uh, somebody would could be a, would believe that I was already 21 and give me a drink that night. <laughs> So are these Zoom calls or video hookups or, or an audio hookup? No. Uh, Excuse me for coughing. Yeah, no problem. They're, uh, no, they're audio all the way. Okay. Um, well, I'm talking they're, about, they're audio I'm talking about your hookup <laughs> We with did them, them on, yeah, how obviously, you... you know, special phone lines so it wouldn't sound like guys were on the phone. I see. Uh, the sound quality is very good. And I always prefer audio because who the hell wants to look at me? Well, you said that, John. I didn't. John Feinstein is uh, with us uh, here. Uh, John Feinstein, the friends I've made. Amazon.com is where you can go now. We appreciate John taking a few minutes with us uh, here. Here's what I, I guess, uh, just to follow up on that, that fascinates me. You could have gone to any studio, maybe, maybe not. I don't know how much COVID was shutting things down, but I'm sure if you needed to go to a studio, you could have gone to a studio. The, the, the fact that you chose to do this from a restaurant is intriguing to me because I think it kind of changes the vibe than if you're in a studio. 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. As I said, it was before the restaurant opened, so there are only a few people around right. in addition right. to those of us who were who were who were working on this. Um, but you're right, and and we did consider a studio, and it was at a time. I mean, this was still July. Uh, when getting in a studio would probably have been more difficult than getting into an empty restaurant where uh, Bob knew the owner. It probably, again, I don't know because Bob was in charge of this kind of stuff, probably also was less expensive <laughs> to use the restaurant than the studio. Right, I got you. I got you. Uh, this is, uh, and I did supl- supply Dunkin' Donuts coffee for everybody. Oh, well, good each for morning. you. There you go. I'm a good guy. Yeah, you are. John Feinstein uh, with us uh, here, the new book, John Feinstein, The Friends I've Made. This week uh, or weekend, uh, Bobby Knight, his 80th birthday, and uh, you graciously went to Twitter, where everyone goes now, at Jay Feinstein Books, and wished him a, a happy 80th birthday. You've made no bones about it. The relationship, like all of Bob Knight's relationships, it seems, is complicated. Uh, probably not on the best of terms right now, but you've even said to me on this show and other programs we've been on over the years that you basically, uh, I mean, Bob Knight is what made, that book is what kind of made John Feinstein in a way. Well, what, what I've said, Patrick, and what I believe uh, to be true is that the success of Season on the Brink allowed me to pick and choose my topics going forward mm-hmm. um that because uh, as i think i've told you in the past five publishers rejected my proposal for season on the brink they didn't think anybody care about a midwestern basketball coach uh which kind of shows you how much new york publishers know about <laughs> sports uh but when it became the best-selling sports book of all time uh the approach people took to me with my next book proposal and book proposals after that and some book proposals that were, you know, not about people as famous as Bob Knight, like a Civil War, my my uh, Army Navy book, like The yeah. Last Amateurs, my book on Patriot League basketball, even my book that came out earlier this year uh, called The Backroads to March, which mm-hmm. was about a bunch of mid-major programs and not really about uh, anybody rich and famous. And the book has done great and got great reviews when it came out. Uh, although I missed out on some national. Um, appearances because of COVID, which mm-hmm. was sort of unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you know, life life goes on. Um, but uh, I, I have all Bob gave me total access that season, and he never backed away from it. There was never a moment when he said, "I need to be alone with my team." John, get out of here. In fact, the only time I did not sit in on a meeting was when Delray Brooks came in to tell him he was going to transfer, mm-hmm. and I knew that's what he was coming in to say. And I felt Delray deserved to be alone with his coach at that moment, that he didn't need a spectator. So I, I just got up and excused myself uh, from the meeting. And Bob and Delray both filled me in later on what was said, but I just felt that was right. the right thing to do. Um, so uh, Bob said some terrible things about me when the book came out. Um, he, as you said, he has uh, managed to ruin relationships with people far more important in his life than me, like Mike Krzyzewski, Steve Alford, other former assistant coaches who he, he turned on for one reason or another. That's just who Bob is. And, and it's unfortunate more for him than for anybody else. But as, 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 you know, as much as I believe he's a bully and he at times treated people, forget me, people very badly, uh, he did me a, a huge favor professionally, and uh, I'm not going to forget it. There are those that you know do talk about kind of another side, uh, despite everything you said uh, having absolute truth to it. 
and, and that, but I mean, I think that's just the complexity of, of night. Uh, he'd been back to Indiana, I believe, to some baseball games. Uh, no, actually, he went to a basketball game this past season. Well, I was, that's where I was going. I thought he had been yeah. back to it to some of their baseball games. Maybe I have that wrong. He went to a baseball game first, right? Um, just exactly. before he moved back to Bloomington. Uh, it's almost a year and a half ago now, maybe. Right. Um, and it was because of his health. Right. Uh, I think people know he's got some dementia. Right. Uh, which is is tragic. I mean, we all, I saw Dean Smith go through it, and it's a horrible disease, especially in people like Dean and Knight, who are among the smartest people I've ever known. Uh, I, I always tell people that uh, after Dean retired, when I would come down to Chapel Hill to see him, to talk to him for a, a, either a book project or a story, whatever it might be, he never asked me how my children were. He asked how Danny and Bridget were. Uh-huh. I mean, that's how good his memory was, and that's why it was so tragic to see what happened to him. Um, and the same with Knight. Knight had a, had a great memory, and um, so it was good that he got it. He finally went back to a game at Bloomington. Uh, he got the ovation that he deserved, again, in spite of the things that he had done. Um, he was a great coach there. And, and look, whatever you want to say about the way he treated people, and I saw him mistreat people, believe me. Right. He... Loved his players. He made them go to class. Almost all of them graduated, and I am still in close touch with a lot of them. And I'm telling you, they've all, virtually all of them, have been huge successes in life. Yeah, we. Uh, That's what a coach is supposed to do. No, you're right. You're 100 percent correct. John Feinstein is uh, is with us here. Uh, John's new book, John Feinstein: The Friends I've Made, downloadable Amazon.com. It's an audio book uh, conversation uh, with uh, five major subjects. Uh, and uh, includes Coach K, uh, Tom Izzo, uh, et cetera. It's, uh, uh, it, it seems to be uh, just a fascinating project to me, and uh, we appreciate John coming on not only to talk about that but a, a couple of other things. Uh, college basketball, right before we got on here, I, I asked you about uh, anything for you yet. Are you kind of anxiously waiting some college basketball? I know you do some broadcast work. Uh, and uh, any projects that you're working on, uh, kind of like the back roads of March, you know, would take you to, to some basketball games. With everything that's going on, I mean, we certainly know very, very well there's some uh, major, you know, financial strain uh, being put on the athletic department here. Uh, I would not say, you know, uh, the American, even though it's a very good conference, is, is not getting the money, as we all know, that uh, other P5s are, are getting. But then, you know, you and I have cross paths over the years at true mid-major games broadcasting them and I, I worry about those level of of athletic departments that that true mid-major that maybe doesn't have football or even if it does it's maybe the fcs level how are they going right. to survive this well you know in some ways the schools that don't have football patrick are in a better situation because football is so expensive and if you're not getting the huge TV bucks and if you can't sell tickets uh, or if you can only sell, sell a minimal amount of tickets, that's really going to hurt. And, of course, the American is, is just below the Power Five, um, doesn't get the TV money that the Power Five conferences get, no matter how many times Mike Goresco calls it the Power Six. Um, and, and so you do worry about programs like, like that. Uh, and uh, the one thing I will say is this, is, is in, in my conversations with Shish, conversation with Krzyzewski, for the friends I've made, we discussed the, the uh, committee he was on this summer 
which for lack of better, a better term was the COVID-19 committee. Uh, and it consisted of Dan Gabbitt, who might be the one intelligent person working at the NCAA, Dave's son, um, and coaches like Krzyzewski and Izzo and Roy Williams and Mike Bray and uh, uh, Jay Wright, you know, big-time coaches, um, to say, okay, what are we going to do about the upcoming season when there are so many unknowns? We don't know where COVID-19 is going to be in November or December or January or February or March or April. And the one thing that they came up with or decided was we have got to have an NCAA tournament this year. It doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how, but they, the schools lost $450 yeah. million dollars in TV money last year when the tournament was called off. They will have an NCAA tournament this year, Patrick. It might be played 4th of July. For all I know, they'd like to play it as close to the real dates right. as possible. They'd like to play it in Indianapolis as scheduled. But if they can't do that, they will figure out a way to have the tournament. And if you have any doubt about that, I would point it out that in August, the NCAA applied for a trademark for the phrase battle in the bubble. Right. So one way or the other, they're going to have it. I think you have multiple, potentially multiple bubbles. Um you know, very possible. Yeah. Very possible. And of course, you know, but now we see that the Orlando bubble, which was supposed to host like 10 different tournaments run by ESPN in late November, early December, it's been blown up because of disagreements between the schools and right. ESPN on COVID-19 protocols. Uh, how often will that happen? We That's don't true. know. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there, I've been talking to all sorts of coaches we're telling me, okay, here, you know, we're going to play these guys in this place on this date. And you hope that happens. And now there are some people saying, oh, let's just forget about any pre-conference games and play conference games. I don't know that that solves anything. You're still going to have the same issues, right. whether it's a conference game or a non-conference game. So it's, it, 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 and as the weather gets colder, you know, we just had this past week, the, 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 the largest outbreak ever of the disease. So, so those people um, who are still saying they don't need to wear masks and things like that uh, and who think that maybe this is coming to an end are the best thing I can say about them is they're naive. John Feinstein and the uh, book, John Feinstein, The Friends I've Made. Uh, John, we've taken up a lot of your time. Thanks for a few minutes with us here and uh, hope to talk to you uh, at some point again very soon. My pleasure, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Great to have John Feinstein with us at J Feinstein Books on Twitter. Uh, the Friends I've Made audio book uh, with Mary uh, Carrillo, David Faherty, Tom Izzo, Steve Kerr, and Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, uh, that is available at Amazon.com, and I'm sure it would be a, a fantastic thing to uh, consume if you're a sports fan. Uh, in conversation, John is with all of them. Thanks to him for being on with us here today. Great job by uh, our guy, uh, Philip Pilkington, the ref. Nice job today, Philip. Good job there. Got his Panthers gear. He's ready to go Thursday night. Uh, also, thanks to Ben Byram. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Mull will be on with us from The Athletic and Seth Manis, former Pirate baseball hurler, also big leaguer, pitched in a World Series. And uh, we'll talk with uh, those guys tomorrow in tandem because uh, Manis is a big golfing guy now. He and Mull play golf a bunch. Couple, couple of uh, golf ballers there. A couple of golf ballers. I don't.
exactly know what term you're going for there, but I will I will agree with you. Uh, ben Byram, golf ballers there. My gracious. All right, Ben Byram there, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show.